On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. Hey, Andy Phillips here, and I'm Tom Hackett. You may remember us from that time when we used to try really hard to make plays on fourth down. Well, we're back at it with a brand new show called Special Forces Gang, where we give you new perspective on what it takes to be a football player. We talk all things Utah football, sports, and life. Don't miss Special Forces Gang. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or on kslsports.com. Go Utes! There's this idea of a lot of people tend to hack at the branches or try to pluck leaves instead of thinking about the roots of their story. You know, the, a lot of that is the why of what got you started in the first place or what was the, you know, intention of the founders and, and what what are your core values that, that you actually, or what are your authentic values, what do you actually live by, what can you be true to. And in understanding, understanding that or having that defined Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Today on the show, we've got Jacob Haney. CEO of Isimo Storytelling Agency. Did I say that right? Story Agency. Story yeah. Agency. So for everybody who doesn't know the difference or, or talk about the branding there, why why refer yourselves as a story agency? Yeah, I think, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of things that, um, you know, with the production company, I think the focus is on the equipment and the tools and the, the deliverables and what we found in, in terms of what our clients chose us for and what where we added the most value was everything outside of that as well you know so it was everything before the camera started rolling and really we had we had clients tell us you know you you're asking questions that I wish my you know agency of record would ask or you know and we we tend to be really deep in terms of that of like getting to a brand's why and and who they want to be when they grow up and what the what their um why they deserve to exist on the planet, you know, and and understanding who they are it, before we talk about what camera we're going to bring or what you know. So so in a way, the productions was was uh, too focused on just the the technical video side, and and really it's about crystallizing people's story and then you know using a megaphone to you know blast that to the world. So yeah, well, when you think about the last you know dozen years you've you've run this company and and how you've gotten to work with such big clients like Goldman Sachs and the Vatican and the Holt Prize and these folks um what do you attribute that to well that's a good question um when I think there's you know the the simple answer is all of them came from relationships (laughs) you know the as much as uh, big companies you know they're um they're still run by human beings. There's still people involved, and and uh, they've all come about because of introductions or connections of you know people that knew us or trusted us and recommended us. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was just really loud rustling. Okay. 
Um, so uh, when you when you think about that there, um, let, let's take one like Goldman Sachs. Do you want to tell people a little bit about the project you've done? And then, you know, the show is called Leadership and People. Obviously, there's moving parts and all sorts of staff and things to get organized. Can you talk about what the project was and, and leading a project like that? Yeah, sure. I mean, so the... I mean, the Goldman Sachs Foundation is uh, is particularly focused on how do how do they help um, small businesses and women. And so they're 10,000 women, 10,000 small businesses programs. And one of the challenges they're facing is, you know, they are located in, um, you know, they, they partner with a number of community colleges around the country and um, and throughout the UK. But they wanted to be able to get this message a little farther and wider and provide more value with the curriculum they had created. And so particularly for you know small business owners and women in developing countries where their the access to a community college or other resources was just really limited. And so um, you know the way that kind of came about, we we did a it was it was a, actually a small little project for a, a client locally. Who got invited back to Goldman Sachs in New York to present, and and she showed the the video that we created, and they because of that invited us to bid on the project, and we uh, won the bid. But it was it was all because of you know one that was a project we could have done in our sleep, but it, but they were impressed enough to to think okay, well, um, you know it was it had a bit of a novel delivery um, with video cards in some ways that we designed the mailers to you know tell their story when they you know open the card and other things but it was um, nothing revolutionary but it um, it was the right person seeing making that connection and having a recommendation from our client um, you know at the right time and uh, they uh, invited us to bid so that was that was kind of the the mechanics of it I mean I don't know if we would have ever been on the radar otherwise yeah so when you think about you know you know, as you and I have talked about that project before, and like the, these big projects ends up in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, when you when you think about leading that, what do you feel like are uh, what's kind of your leadership methodology of you know you got to get a lot of humans to cooperate. You got to <laughs> there, there's a bunch of things that go into anything creative, and especially for an organization of that caliber, there's obviously a certain production quality and a and a certain um, brand identity brand voice that that i'm sure they wanted uh matched or can you just tell us a little bit about uh, your your leadership philosophy when you've got all those kind of moving parts yeah i mean i think um for, for know, starters, how many how many videos was it or how many per- yeah uh, well i can describe the scope yeah yeah really quickly so i mean the the first they have 10 modules that they teach at the um and like the community colleges currently. And so we were taking two of those and uh, really the first month and a half was going through and saying, okay, what, what makes sense to translate for um, an online delivery and which, which things are really best left, you know, in a one-on-one or a classroom setting or, you know, and, and so particularly when it's messy or like undefined, that that's particularly where you need more of a consultant and not just a technician. You know, um, we went into it not knowing is this going to be 15 videos, is it going to be no videos, and and uh, just an interactive website. So 
we, we really d didn't have, we, we kind of went in platform agnostic and delivery agnostic in terms of what, like what de the deliverables would be. And, and what we determined through that, I mean, we, we brought in an instructional designer that consulted on it to, to have that particular um, focus, but they ended up having two interactive games. There were um, four animations, or live action videos that that some were um, scripted and like uh, and like filmed with actors, and the other ones were um, were actual like participants from different places around the world sharing their experiences. So we went and filmed in in London and two places in India and L.A. and Houston to show, you know, th these principles apply to all sorts of all different businesses and you know different sizes different places around the world and um, there were um, infographics and there was a learning management system that was this was plugged into so a lot of different pieces and different deliverables um, but th at the end of the day they had to have a unified message they had to have the story had to resonate and be cohesive throughout it and um, so we didn't we didn't do the the coding of the games or building the website or doing the you know the instructional design of the content, but all of those pieces had to filter through what's the the core story that they're trying to tell and making sure that it uh, yeah they all played together well and and so yeah the it was you know several hundred thousand dollar project over several months and you know a, a dozen different deliverables um, was kind of the you know scope of that thing and so when you think about that you know traveling around the world different folks different skill sets different deliverables what's kind of your leadership philosophy for approaching for approaching what you do there so, i don't know if i've ever thought of it that way uh, but i think um are they just like what are some of the principles what are some of the yeah. lessons that have done well for you yeah i think i think one of the one of the things is is like that that's one of our core values, but is this idea of put people first, both in you know taking care of of people as opposed to projects, but then also keeping the people that are touching that project in mind, like having the audience um, you know first and foremost. There's especially with a large organization like that where there's layers upon layers upon layers of approvals. You know that there's there's a lot of different stakeholders, um, and getting really crystal clear of what the what the vision is, what the objectives are. So, a question we like to you know it's kind of a Clayton Christensen question, but what's the job to be done? You know, and and having that be sort of our guiding star for it, because um, you can have whether it's scope creep or just drift. You know, of of like message, of like, well, why are we why are we doing this? If this isn't helping. Uh, you know, a female entrepreneur in sub-Saharan Africa be able to read her financial statements, then we shouldn't do it. You know, that's sort of the guiding thing of like, how do we help someone who maybe doesn't have access to other educational resources? If they can use this, does it help them better use their financial statements to make educated decisions to um, get financing or whatever they need? Um, so a lot of it was around, um, you know, those ideas. And, and when you when you get... Um, you know, because there, there were there was the educational partner Babson that had created the content, and they brought in Thunderbird University to help with the online distribution part of it as consulting, and we're trying to quarterback all those different parties, and and having that clearly defined. And and one of the things that we we did up front was, 
get all the as many of the people as possible in the same room. So we we met in in uh, Phoenix and uh, and spent two days together, like getting on the same page about all this. Um, you know, the five minutes in face to face can save a thousand emails. You know, sometimes, and so um, that isn't always possible. And there's obviously a lot of different tools that you can use, but but whenever possible, especially when there's a lot of different parties and different interests, um, there nothing beats the face-to-face and being in the same room. Um, yeah. You know, so I want to talk about this for a little bit because, um, you know, so many of the rest of us who run organizations, uh, we get told over and over, and, and most of us believe that telling a good story is going to help us accomplish our goals faster, you know, whether it's recruiting better staff, whether it's attracting clients, whether it's retaining clients, you know, that that story type connection instead of just a list of features. Uh, you know, we, we all know that it creates more of that emotional connection. And um, as content marketing has been on the rise for the last decade, most people have done something with that, right? Um, but for those of us who aren't in it 24 seven, what are, what are kind of some rookie mistakes that you see folks make? So what are, what are some of the things that from your perspective, the rest of us can learn from, you know, as, as you've gone through these lessons over, you know, 12 years straight? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, there's, uh, the, the, there's this idea of a lot of people tend to hack at the branches, or try to pluck leaves instead of thinking about the roots of their story. You know, the, a lot of that is the why of what got you started in the first place or what was the, you know, intention of the founders and, and what what are your core values that, that you actually, or what are your authentic values? What do you actually live by? What can you be true to? And in understanding, understanding that or having that defined, um, a lot of times we hear, you know, well, we we know it, even if it's not it's not a spoken thing, it's felt, and that that works to a point. But in, as soon as you need to share that message outside of that inner circle, um, if you're growing, if there you know new hires, or there's a merger, or you're trying to, um, you know, attract new customers, it's it's really essential that you're clear about who you are and who you aren't. Um, you know, the the it's a is that obvious rookie mistake or red flag of to saying everyone's my customer you know it's um really great brands are like magnets you know they have a really strong pull and so they attract people but they also repel the other side so if you're not repelling some people then you probably aren't attracting the right kind of people if you're trying to tell a story that you know doesn't offend anyone or doesn't um you know is is trying to cater to everyone it's irrelevant to everyone so it's and part of that is understanding who, it, but it's an internal focus first. We kind of call it the, you know, you, you don't want to be um, a morning news politician. So you wake up in the morning, you turn on the news, you see what the morning news is about, what the polls are, and that's how you decide how you're going to vote, you know, or what you're going to stand for that day. Um, and and sometimes that, that, that shows up in, oh, there's this great opportunity, and, and not that you can't pivot or, or focus on new things, but... But if you don't look internally first, if you don't know who you are and what, as an organization, and what you stand for and what what you can be authentic to, then you know chasing opportunities you're not it's not going to be sustainable. You're not really going to be authentic to it. And um, 
And so, yeah, market fit is important, but I think, I think first knowing where you stand and then finding who are the people that are attracted by that message. And then um, when you're true to that, you, you're going to speak to their hearts far better than um, just trying to be a market opportunist. Um, and then um, the, other, the other thing is realizing that uh, you're not the hero in your story. You're the sidekick. Um, most brands get that wrong and uh, try to put themselves up as the hero when really it's about your audience's perspective. They need to be the hero, and how do you support them in getting to their quest or their, you know, cross the finish line to – to and so, so some, some brands do a fantastic job of that. I mean – um, HubSpot has done that for years in terms of promoting their customers and how they're succeeding. And the underlying message is they're, you know, the tools they're using are helping them succeed, but it's, um, it's customers a hero. You're just the, maybe you're Gandalf giving <laughs> wise advice or you're saying some wise Gamgee and you're the loyal friend that's going to be there with them. I mean, whatever that character is or whatever story analogy you want to draw, but, um, that those are some some uh, common mistakes that we see. Yeah, it seems like uh, getting a hold of ego, kind of bringing some humility to it, and uh, thinking about the customer first. Think about the audience first. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and one of the things that has been an interesting thing is we've um, we've kind of pivoted. So we've had been in business twelve years, but it's really been in this last year that we've uh, we kind of have narrowed what we want to do and it's been it's been really energizing and in in one way it could feel like oh we did we waste 11 years of just sort of being a one-size-fits-all shop um you know and serving local customers and being whatever they need and i mean it is what it is i mean but we've we so we did a project with the vatican um uh, for the laudato sea challenge and uh, you know in in helping give voice to their their message, uh, what they stand for, and um, and it was really about, you know, that doing good in the world is good for business. That you can do for profit and for good, and that they don't have to be mutually exclusive. And we've had this, you know, this false notion that we have to sort of, if you're going to succeed, you've got to, you know, treat people poorly, or you've got to rape and pillage the earth, or you know, you've got to. It's this false dichotomy, and uh, it's been it's been um, really energizing transition to you know focus on for profit for good you know cause brand mission mission driven type organizations, and because um, what we found is like okay we happen to be really good at that and people and we love telling those kinds of stories, and then the market has rewarded us really well for that, and so it's it's sort of that you know, um, hedgehog concept and good to great of, you know, that Venn diagram of overlapping those things. And, um, you know, and that, and it, the, that is fluid, you know, what, but the, the, those pieces were always there. We, throughout the years, we, we always were doing, we had to cap it at two per year, but we were doing pro bono projects for nonprofits that we wanted to do. And then we made money over here selling, widgets and what have you and uh, and it's been it's been exciting to just you know the way we're going to make a difference in the world is the same way we're going to make a living and um and trying to help elevate and promote stories of of brands and organizations that are that are doing good in the world um yeah and that well i i love it in fact um this is what I kind of want to spend the second half of the interview on. I, this is actually a good place for us to end part one of the interview. 
everybody, please uh, tune in. We're get, we're going to keep talking about this subject. Um, you know, it's something that a lot of CEOs, uh, a lot of organizations are really interested in. So I think it's actually worth a deeper dive. Um, so thanks everybody for listening to part one and uh, tune in to part two where we're, we're going to dive deeper on this. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you remember the guys from Convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken Free and Trent Mano, I went on one of their CEO trips to New York and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He's former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, company now, I think three or $400 million. Anyways, he, uh, he started a new company called blipbillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I, I remember a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard um, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of, of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blipbillboards.com. Thanks.